Well, surprise, motherfucker. I've been recording this entire time. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin Heyman. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you feeling this week, buddy? Fine. Okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine here. How are you? I pray for the sweet release of death. No, I'm kidding. I'm actually doing pretty good today. Uh, and we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you doing today? Hoping with that not very good new Beatles song. Man, I thought it was, you know, eh. It was, yeah, it was I, certainly one of the John Lennon no, tracks I'd skip. Now, now, here's the thing. Like, I don't believe in the criticism of anything being mid because I think it's lazy criticism. Yeah. But that song was kind of mid. Well, there's a reason it didn't. It wasn't a popular yeah. John Lennon song to begin with. Yeah, this yeah. is the wrong podcast for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, welcome to the distraction. <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, guys, this it'd week, be like one of those stores that has a store inside of the store. Well, like a you have a pod mini podcast inside the podcast. <laughs> so, like a Taco Bell KFC combo. No, more like when there's like the subway inside the Walmart. Oh. Mm. <laughs> or the starbucks inside the book starbucks the starbucks mm-hmm. inside the starbucks so this week we've got a special guest david you're gonna be you're our, you seem to be our interviewer so i'm gonna let you take over here for a bit okay so with us this week we have edward davis edward how are you i'm doing great how are you doing tonight we're doing pretty well. Um, we're we're excited to do this because uh, we've we've had a few guests on, but it's always great to have another guest. And yep. you also happen to be a comic person, which is great for two thirds of us. Yeah. Yes. Mike, you were <laughs> so, saying something. Yeah, I was. I was just trying to interject. Uh, you know, if you have the same last name, you have to say no relation. Otherwise, oh, like a Buster and Bab. <laughs> start thing. to think it's nepotism. <laughs> yeah. Nepotism. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we don't all sprout from the same body. We're not we're not, not buds off a single Davis clone. Oh yeah, damn. And I don't know. I haven't run I haven't run any family history. We may find out we're distant cousins. And it's entirely possible. Well, uh, yeah, just randomly. Well, just don't have yeah. children together. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we can try. There, there goes yeah. There goes my plot of trying to get at uh oh, famous Davis. Insert famous Davis here through you. <laughs> Miles Davis. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, we'll channel his ghost. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, do you mind if we call you Ed? Yes, definitely. Oh, Please do oh, that. Okay. Do you mind if okay, I collect okay. call you yeah, Ed? Yeah, I realized yes, as soon as I said it, I'm like, okay, that's completely backwards to what I intended. So, yeah. Please call no me word. Ed. Not, definitely no don't word. call me that. How dare you? That's informal. and I don't, I don't do that. All right. Well, Ed, um, we're here to talk about your new comic that you're launching on. Uh, you're going to launch a Kickstarter for it. Uh, but you, you've you also launched, uh, you also have your own publishing company, don't you? Yes, I do. Finish yeah. Line Comics. And um, what, what sort of stories do you do with uh, Finish Line Comics? I mean, for, for the first few years, it's been focused on just one story, and that's Immortal Era, and that's kind of a post-apocalyptic story with fantasy intermingled and horror mixed within it. Mm-hmm. And the newer story, it, it's, I don't know, categorizing it's kind of hard because it's got lots of crazy mythology and yeah. everything going on. But I think my my wheelhouse is always going to be kind of that 
fantasy horror realm, kind of finding a way to merge those two things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely appropriate for the kind of material we cover on the show. So I, I guess let's just kind of get into it. What's your what's your elevator pitch for Corruptor? All right. So Corruptor tells the story of a mafia hitman named Tony Scamparza. He's killed in the line of duty. And immediately upon his death, he's recruited by demons from hell. And these demons are trying to bring him in so that he can corrupt as many souls as possible before all of the world basically ends. Because they, the, all, both sides of the afterlife, heaven and hell, they know that the end of the world is coming and there's not going to be any more souls coming their way because the immortal era is going to begin. And at that point, portals to the afterlife are closed. So both sides are in it trying to get as many souls as they can for no other reason than bragging rights. So I kind of turn heaven and hell into like feuding mafia families. Yeah, I, I noticed that there was a very like crime because you did send us uh, the first issue to read yeah. and I, I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, um, like a nice combination of like crime story with, um, you know, mythological you know, heaven and hell uh, stuff. But um, I, I, do like, I guess... I do like oh, that yeah. you've made the entire uh, afterlife basically a bunch of dick bags. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. Yeah, everybody in the comic is kind of terrible to everybody else. Yep. It's not a not a feel-good world. Yeah, I don't really have a likable character in this story. I mean, it's like, <laughs> even your main character, you're like, that guy's an asshole. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he kills anyone and doesn't have any remorse about it. You know, Satan's looking at him like, wow, you're awesome. You'll even kill a family pet. No one I brought down is that horrible. So it's kind of, you have horrible and horrible and just there's no one that you like. And then when we meet our first angel, it's not like, oh, good, here comes the good guy. Like, no, they're just as big of assholes as the demons were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, a protagonist doesn't have to be likable. Like that's half of like Lovecraft's protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you you, don't, you just need someone who kind of uh, we follow and we get invested in. And even if they're kind of an asshole, we're still into it. Um, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. something that you mentioned when you were giving me that elevator pitch there, which good job, by the way, was um, that, it, that the Immortals era is approaching. So this is a prequel. Yes, it is. Okay, so can you explain a little bit of like the overarching idea of what the Immortals era is? So the Immortal era, it's a story that it's it takes place 200 years in the future, but essentially it starts in the year 2000. And essentially uh, uh, when the new millennium comes in, everybody wakes up and has become immortal. Mm-hmm. But they're not, you know, like, oh, great. We are, you know, we're going to live forever. We're going to be ageless vampires. This is beautiful. No, they're they're still aging. They're still suffering from diseases. They're mm-hmm. just going to live forever with these. So this heaven and hell both know that the immortal era is coming. They can't stop it, but they both know it's coming. So the immortal era, when it comes in in the year 2000, that's essentially when the Corruptor series would end. Because at that point, there's no more souls to corrupt because through different mythology in the book, I've re- I've revealed that in the immortal era, all the souls are trapped on Earth. There's millions of souls left on Earth, the people that died just the moment the immortality began, but they couldn't get to the afterlife. So there's millions of souls trapped on Earth, but heaven and hell can't have any claim to them. So they're all in a race to get all these souls before the immortal era kicks in. Right. Okay. And, yeah, like I do like that ticking clock aspect to it. 
And speaking of race, I do love the banner image you've got on the uh, finish line comics with the uh, the skeleton trying to finish the race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so very, very nice. clever. Yeah, that was inspired by an actual race. I ran a, I was doing a relay race and I was supposed to do around 30 miles total, which is still a lot of damn miles. But one of our runners got sick. So I ended up doing 48 miles. And I'm like, that about sums up my feeling at the finish line. And people, I, I mean, I'm, I'm barely walking. I, you know, 48 miles, your legs are just trash. And they're like, you can do it. And I just want to say, fuck you guys. You don't know how many miles <laughs> I've run. Leave me alone. Run your own damn race. Don't give me your pity. So that was, that was my feeling as I crossed the finish line. I'm like, I'm just going to die before I make it and I'll never actually get there. So it kind of inspired that whole logo. And I even had it, I even had my artist, I took a picture of the running shirt I wore that day. I'm like, all right, this is the shirt the skeleton has to be wearing because that was the most miserable day of racing in my life. Nice. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know about fantastic. you. I, I get winded after like 20 feet. So uh, like, I, I get winded after the podcast. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> we're in terrible shape and we're old and dying. So I look forward to the immortal era where I'm just a dying skeleton. Yes. So, um, so uh, no, that, that's cool that you're able to kind of go back and do this prequel. And then you also said that, like, once, um, this series ends, it's going to be moving into like, uh, like a you're, you're moving to a different timeline after. Yeah. Like, what'll happen is the the there's the two timelines. The first timeline is the prequel timeline where we're seeing everything before Immortal Era begins, and the second half of the book will be written when Immortal Era is finished and mm -hmm. all of the the consequences to the things that happen before the Immortal Era begins because the character is going to be going through a wild couple of months. And when it ends, he's going to be stuck in one place and we have to wait until Immortal Era finishes to bring his conclusion into the story. So it'll be it's kind of a written in two parts, but... Mm -hmm trying to make both of them stand alone where if you've never read an issue of Immortal Era, you can read it and understand it. You just, there's little Easter eggs you might miss that are going on throughout it, but otherwise it's, you know, it stands on its own. Like, right. I, I do like that approach quite a bit. Um, so, so what, what is your background in comics? Because you work as the uh, writer here, you've come up with the concept and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your history with comics? My history, I, I started as probably around 2018. I had had the, the Immortal Era story kind of bubbling in my head for years. Mm -hmm. And I had written probably about 300 pages of what was going to be a novel trilogy. And it just, you know, we were talking earlier, life just happens. And it kept getting shoved aside, but never would go away. And mm -hmm. just happened that the librarian at the school that I work at, he was a Cuber school graduate. And we were just kind of talking story ideas. And I talked about this one. And he's like, holy shit, we got to turn this into a comic book. Ooh. And at that point, I knew, I knew nothing about how to write a comic book. And I always thought, if you're not an artist, you can't write a comic book. So mm. since I can't draw, why would I write comics? I didn't realize that most of the people who write comics can also not draw. But, <laughs> you know, in my brain, I thought they both must be connected. But yeah, I just kind of started taking all of my notes and all of the pages that I had written and adapting them into comic script. And I just grabbed one of the old, like one of the 
big saga books that had the right. the script excerpt in the back. And I, I looked at the style. I just went, started digging on my bookshelf for all the graphic novels that were, that I had, cause they all had those little script excerpts in the back and I never paid any attention to them. Mm. It's like, all right, well, that's cool. That's how he writes, whatever. But then it started to become my focus. Like, let me look at all these different styles and who has the style that kind of fits with the way I write. And yeah, it just happened to be the one in the back of saga I liked the layout. I liked the structure, and that's the style that I've adopted for all my scripts. Right. Well, I mean, hell, hell yeah, man! You start in like what 2018, and now it's 2023. You're eight issues into one series. You're launching a spinoff. Like you're you're doing great. You're yeah, doing man. Great, dude. Um. Thanks. So, like, so you you mentioned kind of looking at Saga for like inspiration as far as like how the scripts are formatted, but as mm-hmm. a a writer. Uh, do you have any particular inspirations? The two biggest that I can think of as far as comic writers go would always be Garth Ennis and Neil Gaiman. Mm, okay, yeah, I could definitely see both. I kind of got mixed with, up. With, I thought you meant Garth Marenghi for a minute, and I got like <laughs> real excited that we we're going to talk about Dark Place. I'm sorry. That's my bad. I know no. authors who use subtlety, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but no, I could definitely see the Garth Ennis and Neil Gaiman in this, which is which is like you've done a good job in kind of evoking their style, I think. Yeah, I just I mean, that's I read. I remember the first time I got into Neil Gaiman was when I was I was in high school and I had the foresight to buy a giant stack of those Death of Superman books. Mm. And I'm selling it to the jocks because they think they're going to retire on it. And I <laughs> don't want to tell them. Yeah, there, there's a million of those things printed. So you're not going to get shit for it in a couple of years. But for now, hey, I'll sell you one for 50 bucks. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. one guy said, I don't have money, but I'll trade you this Sandman number one for it. And I'm like, why the <laughs> heck not? And, uh, and in the end, I won that one for sure. But oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. it just got me very hooked on it. And that, that I mean, Sandman was already about, I think, about 30 issues in when I made the trade. Mm-hmm. And I just went in and started hunting in the back issue bins. And that's when I was snatching up all the back issues for a dollar a piece because at that point, nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. But it, I was just so hooked on his form of storytelling and also the, the fact that – it wasn't just going to be like, all right, villain of the week, we're going to keep going. No, he had a finite story to tell. And when it was over, it was over. I mean, yeah. granted, there's little prequels and things like that, but it was one core story. And that kind of redefined how I looked at a comic book in my head. Oh, yeah. Well, and then also, you know, since we're, since we're talking about Neil Gaiman, we're talking about Sandman, which has a lot of paranormal elements to it. Like, yeah, um, any any particular elements of the paranormal that you find interesting? Because that's kind of what we talk about here on yeah. the show in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I love I mean, if you read both my series, you'll see like there's like demonology and things like that. So I had to actually I've had to do a lot of research of different types yeah. of demons so mm-hmm. that if someone asked, OK, this particular demon in your story, what kind of demon is that? So I've had to to research these different things. And then just kind of the the story also has a lot of different witchcraft elements. If you read Immortal Era, right. it's not mm-hmm. really there in Corruptor, mm-hmm. but in Immortal Era, we have a lot of different witchcraft. So I studied things like that. But when I'm looking at Supernatural, I love reading kind of the mythology that mm-hmm. is connected to different cultures. And that's mm-hmm. something I love doing, just researching, okay, what do... How do they look at death? What's their death figurehead? And, you know, what are the what are the stories that they use to chill the bones of their children? So I love researching, you know, 
stories around the world that are just the horrific stories that keep getting passed down. Yeah. Uh, so, so you mentioned like you know you do, you do your research, which is great. Do you know? Uh, can you name any like authors or any specific books that you read that kind of helped you to inform your own story in that regard? Oh, oh my gosh! I just have like so many kind of yeah. encyclopedias of witchcraft and encyclopedias of vampires and just like all of these different things. I like to dive so deep into them, so. <clears throat> It's it's so many different books, and I just kind of I went to the library and I I talked to the librarian and said, okay, I'm looking to research this. What can you get for me? And just <laughs> kind of it's it's a little bit of that. And they know I'm writing a book, so that, that I'm right. not gonna come and you know mm-hmm. become Ed Gein like your yeah. wife thought I was. So you know none of that. <laughs> Quick question: Where is it you're located? Generally, not specifically. Because- um. In- I'm in Inland Empire area, like Highland Redlands area. Yeah, we're we're pretty oh, right, close. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, we you know yeah. we, we could probably meet up uh, at least because we, we like we met up. Um, like I know that we met before we last saw each other, but um, yeah, that, yeah, we we, 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 we run into together. each other at different cons. Yeah, yeah. we kind of we kind of put this whole thing here together when we were at our last convention. Right. So yeah, I, um, I was just curious. We're right next to each other. Because I've had to, I've had to get my books myself, like through purchase. Because if I went to my library and asked for any of this stuff, uh, I'd be tied to a stake and set on fire. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're we're a little better with that here in California. No, they just—it's weird questions to ask, but they—they kind—they kind of know. I'm like, all right, most of the ones that work at the library have read my book because when they it comes out, they're reading it, so they kind of know what I'm doing, and Mm. they. I don't know what they're thinking when I leave. They're like, okay, I'm happy that freak is gone. He scares the shit out of me, but they're polite to my face. So I guess it's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Sure. So like we, we, we've been talking a little bit about like doing the research. Um, do, do you ever notice like synchronicities when you're doing research, like you're studying something and then you notice something going on that's like kind of related to what you're studying. Has that happened to you at all? Cause that, that's happened to us a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I haven't haven't really hit that yet when I'm doing it because I think the the stuff I'm researching is so ancient. I haven't run into those kind of current parallels with it, but Mm. you see it in movies. You like you'll see it like, oh wow, that's that's what I was just researching, and now there's a new movie coming out, so someone else must have been hitting the same books at the library. Yeah, I also think it kind of gets into like when you start getting into the weirder, more abstract stuff, like with with demonology and stuff like this is all very written record, very like, you know, you have these books that have existed for thousands of years. But when you start getting into like wild magic and stuff like that, where things are a little more nebulous, you start Mm -hmm. having some weird experiences. And I I know that I have uh, Kevin, I think you have as well. Um, And then. So, so I guess that that leads to the question of like, have you had any sort of paranormal experiences in your life at all? I really haven't. It's kind of strange. Where I, when I was younger, I was always kind of trying to find the ghost because I became that's why you never see it when I saw Ghostbusters. I'm I just thought I have to find a ghost. I need to see it. But I know that's something. My wife has had all kinds of wild experiences with that. So I guess I get to live kind of vicariously through mm. her because the house, she hates long hallways. So it's one of these things where when we were house hunting, long hallways were immediately out because she lived in a house with the long hallway 
right. saw the ghost standing at the end of it oh, repeatedly, yeah. not just a one-time thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. she will walk it. We, we would walk into the house, you know, our agent taking all the time to get these listings. We walk in, she'd take a second look and like, hell no, let's go. I don't even want to be in this house for a second. So she always kind of gets, gets the vibes of a house. And she's like, this house has had some shit. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, that also makes sense with hallways. If, um, if, if you like kind of look at the idea of like what causes a place to be haunted, uh, there, yeah. there's spaces of transition. Well, mm-hmm. So and, a hallway being an expression of that, like ultimate, like transition from one end to the other and that sort of thing. And I've also yeah. like ghost stories. There are so many reports on like reports. There are so many stories of people seeing shadow people at the end of the hallway, or I saw something yeah. go into my kid's bedroom and now he says weird shit at night. You know, it's always like that yeah. at the end of a hallway. So. Yeah. Well, it's even like a primal response because like, Enclosed spaces aren't generally a natural environment for primates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you yeah. Would you say long hallways are sort of liminal? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, um, yeah. like caves are super uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. to us, like, even if you're like a caver or something, they're still kind of intensely uncomfortable about that. And again, it's that that constraint, right? right. Um, you know, when we were primates living up in the trees or under the trees, you know, or whatever. Um, it just so yeah, like there's there's a primal element to that. I don't know how much that factors into it, but yeah, like hallways like hallways still give me the creeps. That's for I, sure. Yeah. I don't know about the primate thing though, because mm. our our ancestors came from pretty dense jungle areas where yeah. overhead um, canopies. Yeah. And there's a uh, a famous report of that, you know, they, it affects how you spatially mm-hmm. perceive things. Cause it was like a, a thing I read once about a tribesman that, uh, was escorting some scientists or something like that, or, uh, anthropologist, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they brought him to out of the jungle where his tribe was from and into a clearing. And he said, what's that little thing over there? And it was like a cow, like far enough away mm-hmm. that it looked like a bug to him. And he could not conceptualize that Distance. that was something really far away. Mm-hmm. Cause it's farther away mm-hmm. than he's ever experienced in his whole life, except maybe right. at the yeah. blue sky. And you could look at the sky and clouds can look, you know, closer, far away. You know, most of the time they're really high up. But they <clears> oh oh yeah. So I mean, close. absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, he, that that shows you know how our uh when you know, things it's it's not a inbuilt uh the the enclosed space i don't think is a it's inbuilt. In, it's learned yeah it, it's learned but you know like you know you you had the primates who were in the the open spaces right you know just as you had you know, cultures who are kind of in the jungle yeah. and that sort of thing. So, like, uh, like of course, it, it, it's going to vary and everything like that. But, um, no, no, I, I see what you're saying with that. No, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, l- l- let's get into the money talk here. So, how much the are you money. trying to raise in this uh, Kickstarter campaign for the new book? I'm really kind of setting a modest goal for it because it's it's brand new and I don't know if my readers will kind of move over because usually for all of all the Immortal Era books I always do a goal of about three thousand or three thousand five hundred 
So for this one, I'm going to set the goal at a thousand because where we stand right now, the book's it's already printed. I mean, I got all the copies in with Immortal Era 8. So I just need to, you know, try to raise enough money to start paying for art because he's the artist is already working on issue two and hopefully can get him working on issue three. So I'm setting the goal at a thousand, but my hope is always that that kind of the the magic number is always like 3,500 and that helps to keep the next, to fund the next book and get the art fees paid for the, for the upcoming issues. And, and you've done this for like each book, right? Yeah. Okay. I've I didn't know that. For, That's for issues one through eight of immortal era. And I skipped one. Cause I just, the issue one was me just kind of like shaking down every family member and friend, like, please back <laughs> this shit. I need money. So it was, it was, it felt like, okay, I don't want to pester the family again, but then by issue two and three, it's been, you know, the family members have dwindled off and it's just right. the people that hit the continued readers. So that's kind of what you want is you want, you want a book that's not going to sink you. Cause that's the hardest thing with a comic people, people don't realize how expensive it is until they actually start to do it. Right. Yeah. I, I'm looking at uh, doing a crowdfunding campaign for my comic and I'm just like, Oh, this just seems like a nightmare, but like hearing how many times you've done it, uh, like it, it fills me with confidence because like, no, I yeah. mean, it, it's possible and it, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be like an obscenely large number. Um, yeah. Like, so, so do you have like any tips for someone who's maybe wanting to move into crowdfunding a print run of their own comic, for example, like me? <laughs> I mean, the first thing, like you were saying, is you want to have more of a modest goal. Don't go out and say like, all right, I'm going to make $5,000 when you're, when you're new at it. And set set yourself a modest goal. Get a uh, get readers before you start, because that was the that was the mistake I made with issue one. I didn't really have readers, so besides family and friends, no one else really knew about the book. So getting out to cons and things like that, which I know you do, because that's where I've run into you, mm -hmm. like that starts to build readers. They're people that like your art, they like your work, and they're they're going to come back for, for more of your stuff. So get that mailing list built because even though I wasn't, I wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to have been, I still had a mailing list with about a hundred people when mm -hmm. I first launched the book. So you get that and then, you know, just get out, get yourself out there, whether it be, you know, it doesn't have to be in person, but just make your presence known. So people know you have a book and network with those other creators because they're trying to do their, so you kind of, cross promote share your book to theirs they share your book to theirs and it 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 really helps and that just kind of boosts your readers so yeah just keep yourself out there and with you having a podcast you have people who will listen and follow along and grab the book so that's mm -hmm. the best advice i can say is just look for other people and keep building that your core fan base cuz they're the ones that are going to come back issue after issue after issue Oh no, absolutely. Uh so you when is the campaign launching? Um exactly. Eruptor will be launching on the 16th and I I'm, I'm actually going to do a podcast. There's a comic shop down in the Victorville area mm -hmm. and he has a podcast so I always launch live on his show. So it's <laughs> the Comic Cult and he has Comic Cult TV. So I launch live on the show and you know that 
I've done it for the last few books and it's good because it kind of gets that immediate buzz going. And I, I can talk, there's a, they have a local artist who does really good work. And for a few of the times he's done like live drawings of the characters and the first backer gets the original art. So oh. little things like that perks to bring people in. So yeah. I'll be launching it. I think it's the show starts. It's like a six to seven show. So I'll be launching after we talk about the book, I launch kind of right there in the middle of the show. And then I'm going to do just a regular 30 day campaign, even though it's going to run through Thanksgiving and early mm -hmm. December. It's, it's not the ideal time from what I've heard, but mm -hmm. I also have a thousand copies of this book sitting in my house and I need to get some <laughs> of them out of here. Right. Oh, no, I mean, you need your bed back. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, no, I'm I'm interested um in, in seeing how this campaign goes for you. So that's launching sometime next week on the uh yes. the sixteenth, you said? Sixteenth, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and of course we're gonna have a link to it on our show notes and everything like that. But um uh Kevin, Mike, you have any questions for Ed about the project or um just well, in general? Well, let me see. I do have one question. This is just personal as a comic creator. What's it like to actually be able to work with other humans? <laughs> I mean, it's nice. I'm I'm someone I when when we were in the lockdown, I felt like I was going to lose my sanity because I need to be around people. So mm. it's good to to work with a team, and uh, it's also amazing to just be able to get out there and sell the book to people, right? And just kind of meet other people that are that are passionate about the same thing you are. So you kind of talk to people who who love what you love. So it's it's right. it's amazing, and that's. That's something I, I need. It's kind of my lifeblood to keep getting yeah. out there and constantly be with people and around people. Because I know David works with other people on his comics sometimes. He gets mm -hmm. co-writers. Mm -hmm. I do inking for him sometimes. I'm pretty much a one-man yeah. show, so this is a very unique... It, it, it's something I'm yeah. curious about what it would be like to do. I know Mike actually was my colorist for a every, while on Coda's it's World. It's been only you ever since okay. you fired me from Coda's I World. I didn't fire you. Fired me for, you for horrendous you. crimes against lens flare. Okay, yes, there was that, but you, uh, you <laughs> were like, look, just you do it. But yeah, and it's fine. I, I, wanted, I wanted to make joke. And yes, thank you for joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, you do have to. I mean, it's it's hard sometimes because everybody wants to put their own piece into this. Yet I'm the one that's paying for the publishing and the oh, yeah. you know the primary mm -hmm. runner. So right. when they want to do their own thing, and you have to tell them like, no, that's not what we're going for here. Right. That's when it's kind of like, damn, if I could just fucking draw myself, I'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've been there. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I get it. That's why um, that's why we're control freaks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think all comic creators to a large degree mm -hmm. are control freaks. Yeah. Yeah, we're so, all egomaniacs. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Mike, do you have a question at all? Or no, I think you covered everything I can think of. Yeah. No, I I um I I definitely have enjoyed this interview quite a bit, but I think we should start moving on to news stories. What do you gentlemen think? I think we should take a quick break and then move on to news stories. How does that well, sound? Fine, I guess, because it's your fucking podcast. It's my fucking podcast, goddammit. And that being said, it's we'll his be, fucking bladder. It is. We'll be right fucking back right after right fucking this.
Hi everyone, this is Kevin from Supernatural Selection. Are you an independent creator? Do you have a webcomic or an Etsy store? Do you 3D print things? Or are you just looking to get some word out for your Discordian cabal? Well, we'd love to help. And David, I believe you've got some details about how we can help. Why, certainly, if you go to supernaturalselectionpod.com slash contact, that is supernaturalselectionpod.com slash contact, you can learn how to advertise with us. That's right. I believe the rate is $2 per episode. You can't beat that with a stick. Yeah, I mean, trust me, we've tried. Yeah, that's cheap. That's literally cheaper than dirt. Mm-hmm. And best of all, if you're not sure how to write an ad, we'll do it for you. We'll even record it. Absolutely. Just let us know what you need in the ad, and we'll be happy to do that for you. And again, that URL is supernaturalselectionpod.com slash contact. And now, back to the show. I kind of, I kind of feel like I've never mentioned this on the show, but maybe I should have. Uh, when we first moved in... Hang, uh, nailed to the door uh, frame in the garage is a packet of potpourri and a dryer sheet. Oh. And that is a anti-demon thing. Okay. And Interesting. Because wow. when we found it, everybody's like, what the fuck is this? I was like, that is a demon thing. It well, is a thing uh, to keep uh, evil spirits out of your house. I, thought, I think it's just well, the wow. garage stink. <laughs> and they did exactly <laughs> Kevin they did exactly what we do and put our garbage right inside the garage through the door I, I know but and when I looked that, it up that's where it was hanging from right I know, there but so I guarantee you that it's just potpourri because they're old people and the only way they know to make things smell nice there were is people potpourri. living here that were younger before that but I looked it up mm. and that is a thing that people do for anyway, welcome back to, to Supernatural <laughs> Selection. Again, it's your weekend weird. And we got some stories that we dug up. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to go first because this is a tragedy. This is a goddamn tragedy. Uh, I found this article. I had other articles. But I found this one in particular. And I got so fucking excited about it. And then I realized it was on harddrive.net. Get satired, bitch. Fuck off. Mm. This is only the second time this shit's happened. But uh, I don't give a shit at this point. I'm really excited about this story because it's just fun. And the fact that we're living in a post-satire world and the fact mm. that a lot of us were like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome and stupid. Um, and it's not even a new article I see. This is from August 4th, 2020. Fuck me sideways with a crowbar. God damn. But let ye who hasn't been uh, satire fished cast the first Mm -hmm. stone. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, no, no, it's fair. It's fair. It's it's funny. Like, if I had a nickel for every time that happened, I'd have probably about 15 cents from the show alone. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, again. (laughs) And all three of them are from you. Yeah, fuck off. It happened to me uh, late last year, maybe. <clears throat> maybe about a year ago yeah um someone linked an article about the uh disney's uh galaxy edge starliner closing down and i was like wrecked because i really wanted to do that and of course earlier this year they actually closed it. Mm, yeah yeah 
So, but it softened the blow. Like I was, you know, yeah. wrecked that first time. Yeah. And, and I started marginally less wrecked this yeah. time. You, exactly. you, you can't be hurt again. <laughs> oh God. I already shed those tears. Yep. So manly tears of miss star Wars role-playing. Yep. So <laughs> this article from hard, harddrive.net. I, I don't care. This is a great story, and it gives me an excuse to use my Alex Jones voice. Uh, Alex Jones announces InfoWars tactics. Yeah, see, when he's telling me about this, I thought this was in response to, like, like you know, Sandy his, Hook. Uh, yeah, I yeah, thought this was like, like this was a way for him to, like, get money because he, he, re- he realized, well, he's going to be po- either poor or give these people money and be less poor. Yeah. So. Dalex, Texas. This article is by Kevin Flynn. Fuck you, Kevin Flynn. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, Texas, claiming that the new game would revolutionize the long-running InfoWars franchise. Far-right radio host and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones unveiled a trailer and early details for a new tactics game set in the InfoWars universe in a surprise stream on the InfoWars website Tuesday morning. Everything about that is amazing. <laughs> All right. InfoWars Tactics is a turn-based tactical RPG that takes place 10 years before the first episode of InfoWars, placing you in control of a DMT-enhanced super soldier on the front lines of the war for your mind, said Jones, standing on a soundstage in front of a large LCD screen displaying a pulsating graphic of the game's placeholder logo. You'll need to filter your own water collect gorilla mine pills and dodge gay bombs to rise to the top of the InfoWars army and reveal the secrets of the machine elves and the fifth dimension. (laughs) Jones added that in addition to a robust story mode, InfoWars tactics would include various optional quest lines and hundreds of of collectible false flags and non-player crisis actors to interact with throughout the game's world. Just like in the real world, if you can even call our world real, you won't be able to see the game's true ending unless you uncover every single false flag that the government has placed to deceive you, Jones said. While the game's true ending contain new information about the origins of Pizzagate or Seth Rich, that's something you'll only be able to find out when InfoWars Tactics launches this holiday season. At the conclusion of the presentation, Jones announced that InfoWars Tactics would be released exclusively on the InfoWars website after he'd been deplatformed from Steam and the Epic Games Store. I'm sorry I'm laughing so much. That's really fucking funny. No, it's great. I was I was convinced this was real because it sounds like the kind of unhinged shit he would do. Right. I was going to yeah. get this game. Now, I'm waiting for Koei Tecmo to do InfoWarriors. <laughs> oh God! And the thing is, in the in the Discord, I found this, and somebody was like, "I can't wait for the knowledge fight guys to do a playthrough of this." <laughs> oh man! And now uh, I'm in, sad. Info Wars Gaiden three. Oh and God! <laughs> Dante must die edition <laughs> from Bethesda. <laughs> Oh my God! Can uh, you imagine an Alex Jones video game? Though? Yes, I did. I pictured it. It was great. It looked like Fallout <laughs> <Yeah>. One. <laughs> oh my God! In every locker, you just find nothing but alcohol. 
It's it's <laughs> it's just erection pills and tactical flashlights. And the currency is colloidal silver. <laughs> colloidal silver and gold coins. Oh, and God. then you're, instead of health kits, you get those prepper meal buckets. Yeah, mm. baker yes. buckets. <laughs> you get his. You get his. Uh, didn't he have a, like a line of like uh, pills? Oh yeah, that yeah. That's what the gorilla have. mind pills are. Or oh God! And when he goes into berserker mode, his shirt comes off. Oh yeah, no, he's out there <laughs> screaming about demons and the gay frogs. <laughs> I adore this story, and I'm oh, just—I'm just gonna count this as my uh, phantoms and monsters for the week. How's that? Yeah, yeah, it's about as legitimate as phantoms and monsters. Yeah. See, uh, <laughs> Ed, there's this website I go to to torment David called phantomsandmonsters.com mm-hmm. that has the—it's all user-submitted stories about encounters with UFOs, Men in Black, Bigfoot, uh, Nessie, whatever, and they're always. Mm-hmm. And when I say unedited, I don't mean they have profanity. I mean, they need it grammarly really badly. <laughs> and it like David is sitting there just gouging his nails into his palms to keep from like mm-hmm. screaming. I sometimes find myself rocking back and forth in my chair because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, oh God, no. Because I, I teach English for like my day job. So, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, it drives me up the fucking wall, but it's good content, that's for sure. Oh, it is. It's great, mm. and it's always, I always read it with the spelling mistakes, and, you know, <laughs> and and I use the Phantoms and Monsters voice, which is, I tell mm. you what, we were sitting over there, and that thing came up out the woods at me, and it was sucking itself oh. off. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> You're oh, welcome. that... Uh, I kind of want an Alex Jones video game I, now. I really hope yeah. this gets viral now so someone will come out with an InfoWars Tactics game. Like, because I could make an Alex Jones game in Twine. I have that ability. I can make an Alex Jones text adventure yes, if I want it. Should you? <laughs> uh, that That's the question, yeah. <clears throat> yep, that's the thing. Mike, how do you I, feel I feel like it? that story could come real, like become real, like the Disney the Disney World one. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> today it's a joke. Tomorrow it's in development. Tomorrow it is on Steam. <laughs> oh no, Mike, how, oh. how does that make you feel? Um, I mean, s- s- glad yet sad that it's fake. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, I don't want to live in the world with Alex Jones, game developer, but. The com- I'm sad we missed the comedy from it being real. Oh, I'm like, pissed. The, the knowledge fight episode would have been incredible. Yes. I couldn't wait to hear Robert Evans talk about it on fucking Behind the Bastards. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> maybe maybe Donkey would have played it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh oh god. man. Yeah, See, we're Alex topical. Jones. Well, we're topical. We know podcasters and streamers and YouTube personalities. And other names. Yeah. Yeah. We know we things about stuff and things. <laughs> they don't know uh, our names, thank God. Thank <laughs> God. So, uh, Mike, you want to go last? We can let David go. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, please let me go. Please let me okay. go. No, you have to stay here, but you do need to read a story. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, so um, we, we've been doing a series of episodes on like the dead internet, and of course, um, I'm eventually going to have to talk about NFTs and how they're kind of you know related and adjacent to all that but um 
we got a fun NFT story here. Um, <laughs> so we, we all have heard of the board ape, uh, board ape yacht club, right? Yeah. So, fuck that thing. That, that that's like the big, you know, there's the stupid monkey looking ones and there's a the stupid lion ones. Right. Yeah. So and what I love about the like uh, a whole bunch of, bunch of different stupid yeah. ones. Well, what I love yeah. about the board apes is it's become ubiquitous. Like with NFTs, like when the mm-hmm. prices crashed, the my apes became a my apes. All my apes gone. <laughs> my <laughs> almost apes are gone. Almost universally, when your brand becomes the poster child for something, it's not. Well, not I guess universally, but it's well, never a, quite a good thing, especially when it's this. Yeah, you, you don't want to be the this. face to most things. Yeah, if if there's a face to something, you generally don't want to be that. So, no. um, I, this is my article. It's from The Verge. Uh, this is by uh, Jess Weatherbed. And the title is Board Ape NFT Event Attendees Report Severe Eye Burn. <laughs> well, they, 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 finally, they finally got a look at their NFTs and saw how ugly they were. Nice. Yeah, the, the tokens were non-fungible, but their eyes certainly were. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eyes are very fungible. <laughs> Too bad they so, weren't uh, non-flammable tokens. Right. Um, so, uh, subheader right here, Yuga Lab says it's currently investigating reports of impeded vision and skin eye injuries believed to be caused by unprotected, uh, unprotected, uh, exposure to UV lights during Ape Fest 2023. Look, with the way so, prices crash, I'm surprised they could afford a DJ at all. How many, <laughs> right? how many apes must you own? There were like two over it. just there were over two thousand people at this thing. Okay, so so wow. I've actually listened to uh who was it? I think it was Adam Conover's podcast, and he had a uh, mm. someone that was wrote a book about, you know, getting into NFT, not getting in himself, but how he was a financial analyst and the cult for, of NFTs. For a, for a long time mm. he did not cover crypto just as a matter of you know pride or you know you know he, he thought there was nothing there and then finally when he did he went to this to, to my point of this is he went to the this party they have every year and to get in he had to own an ape but because apes at the time were like sixty thousand dollars he's like okay i can't afford that um, is there a cheaper ape? And there was like a fork of the ape he could buy, but that was $20,000. Jesus. So he had to explain to his wife why he wanted to buy a $20,000 picture of an ape. <laughs> but luckily, when he was getting ready to buy it, the price crashed, so it only cost him about $8,000. Oh, only. Only. Yeah. But yeah. So, so I, oh, I already know of this... Uh, thing from i guess it was last year or maybe i think it was right 2022 or 2021 so real real quick before we move on with this story mike the guy the guy that you were talking about uh after his wife divorced him um (laughs) did 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 he find love again or no no she she was supportive because she trusted him he was for her for his book she's a keeper and yeah and also luckily by the time he got back from the cruise, that's right, it was a cruise that year it was on. By the time he got back from the cruise, after mingling with these people, he was still able to sell the ape and only lose like $2,000. Only. Okay. I've never wow. wished for an iceberg more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
So, uh, so a little uh, warning here: like there are people who actually got hurt from this thing. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. not laughing at them; we're laughing at the situation. I'm, I'm laughing it is, at them because they own. I don't apes. think anybody deserves to be bodily injured. But if anyone did, apes, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, several people have reported experiencing eye pain, vision problems, and sunburnt skin on Sunday after attending Ape Fest, a board ape yacht club NFT collection event in Hong Kong that ran from November 3rd to 5th. Some oh, yeah. Ape Fest attendees uh, posted on X, formerly Twitter, you see that after every yes. mention of X anymore, <laughs> um, after seeking medical attention, with one person reporting that they had been diagnosed with photokeratitis. AKA welder's eye. What the fuck? A condition caused by unprotected exposure to ultraviolet radiation. Mm-hmm. Oh, my <laughs> God. Saying, <laughs> and another saying the issue was a result of UV from the stage lights, leading to speculation that injuries were caused by improper lighting at the event. Quote. I woke up at four o'clock and couldn't see anymore, said <laughs> Crypto June 777. Had so much pain, my whole skin is burned, needed to go to the hospital. I, um, I shouldn't have laughed that hard, but. <laughs> I mean, again, like, I, I, my, all my sympathy to the people who were injured by stupidity, but you got to laugh at the stupidity as well. Well, on the plus side, they can afford Board Ape Yacht Club NFT, so they can apparently afford American health care. So. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another great tweet. Anyone else's eyes burning from last night? Woke up at 3 a.m. with extreme pain and ended up in the ER. I saw a couple of reports, but just trying to figure out if there was a common thread. So if his eye is burning and he's still seeing reports, you know, it must not be that bad. Yeah, no, he's one of the lesser affected. I hate that. (laughs) Did you see that guy's uh, ape icon? It is a Donald Trump born Uh ape with a MAGA hat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fuck that guy. Um, Yuga Labs, the blockchain company behind the Board 8 Yacht Club NFT project, says it's aware of the situation and taking the report seriously. Quote, we are actively reaching out and in touch with those affected to better understand the root cause, said Yuga Labs spokesperson Emily Kitts in a statement to The Verge. Quote, based on our estimates, the 15 people we've been in direct communication with so far represent less than 1% of the approximately 2,250 event attendees and staff at our Saturday night event. Well, they haven't so, heard from the others because they can't fucking see. Like, so, so how many people are are you allowed to blind uh, in the process of selling your product? I don't, I don't know, Mike. Like, you what, know what's anything the FDA about that? guideline there? I mean, you know a little bit about OSHA. <laughs> really, it really depends on how much money you make and how big your lobbyists are. Okay, well, it's NFTs, so right. It's it's a bunch of schmucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, so yeah, like uh, this will this oh, will yeah. be covered by you know their if they had insurance. Well, no, it might not be because it's improper. It's it could be seen as negligent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're probably fucked. Yeah, we're awesome. probably going to hear more about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So um, I, I read a little bit. I read a subreddit. Um, there are, are we're, we're Robert Evans fanboys here, and he had a funny tweet about the death of crypto being mass blinding of board apes via slaughterhouse <laughs> equipment being pretty funny. Um, yes. So yeah, that that reference to slaughter uh, slaughterhouse equipment. Those UV lights uh, are apparently UVC lights. Yeah, those are for like killing off microbes <clears throat> and stuff, right? 
Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so apparently they did, like, industrial-grade UV lighting for, you know, uh, decontamination purposes. Yeah, I think those are (laughs) fairly cheap, is the reason I read that they went with it. (laughs) They spent all their money on apes, that's why. Yeah, Yeah. they couldn't afford the real lights. (laughs) So, uh, again, like, uh, obviously there are some people hurt here, but also, like, kind of funny. Oh, no, it's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, Mike, you've um, got a follow-up to that, don't you, about that, that one tweet they made before the event? Oh, uh, fuck, I don't have it up in front of me. Well, um, I, one of the guys running the event made a tweet beforehand. Saying, oh, this was like in <clears throat> one from February or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what what did the guy say in the tweet, Mike? I want you to say it. Um, I cannot remember. Ape Fest is going to melt some faces. Oh, yeah, Ape Fest is going <laughs> to melt some faces. And then they deleted the tweet after this happened. <laughs> so, well, well, in in all fairness, you know, the eyes are only like ten percent of the face. <laughs> well, if you're if, unless you're talking like like eyes know, without po- a face, poetically or you know romantically you know maybe they're 25 percent of the face you know what if it's anime <laughs> then then the eyes are 50 percent of the face minimum okay <laughs> yeah so um yeah a bunch of apes decided to blind themselves with industrial <laughs> uv equipment anyway that's my story <laughs> <laughs> ah god i love it uh i'm a terrible human being but that's okay i just you know I feel oh, like it's Schadenfreude, right? Yeah, no. If if you spent that much money on a picture of a monkey, uh, may, maybe this is a life lesson. Like, and it's not even a good picture of a monkey. Like, no. get an Alex Ross painted monkey and spend eight thousand dollars. I could get that. You know what? I, I understand a, that. If it was a dude that did the gorillas, yeah, yeah, Jamie Hewlett. Like, yes. Oh Hewlett. man, like if Jamie Hewlett like made some monkey drawings and sold them like actual drawings you could physically hold. Yeah, Hell fungible yeah. tokens. Yeah, yeah, fungible <laughs> tokens. I'm gonna start calling my art fungible tokens. Ed, you can use that as a as a marketing thing with original in, yeah. on the show. Fungible tokens. Yeah, come um, come to my table, buy some fungible tokens. I like this plan. Now, Mike, do you want to go next, or do you want Ed to do his story, and then we can... Uh, David had said, uh, I'll go last. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm sorry. I just, I love this story. I, I am yeah. I am tickled pink <laughs> at the blinding of Ape Fest, <laughs> which just sounds like a play. You, you buy a t-shirt. I was blinded at Ape Fest, but you're not going to be able to read it. One of my... Uh... <laughs> Favorite favorite articles for this story for the uh, image they used a picture of an ape that had laser eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, and the article didn't the article say I thought the lasers were coming from the other direction. No, that the article I saw didn't say that. It just, uh, the one it just, I saw uh, did. Oh man. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so, Ed, being the guest, we would love for you to share a story with us. All right. So I, I grabbed one. This was from November 2nd. And it's Australian police charge a woman with three murders and alleged mushroom poisoning. 
Okay, this is on brand for us because it seems like someone has to do a mushroom update every weekend weird. So this is this is awesome. I think I remember <laughs> hearing about this. Yeah, it, oh, a terrible situation, but like also like pretty on brand for us as well. And Australia. <laughs> yeah, and Australia. So it's the kind of story a mystery novelist might conjure. But for months, a real murder case has been playing out in a small Australian town where three people died after eating a family meal that was suspected to contain poisonous death cap mushrooms. The prime prime suspect in Lenagatha, I know I'm mispronouncing that. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) They're Australian. They're illiterate anyway. Lenagatha. Lenagatha, yes. So some country town some 84 miles southeast of Melbourne in Victoria has long been seen as Aaron Patterson, who hosted the lunch in late July, whose four guests quickly fell gravely ill. The menu included a beef Wellington dish that Patterson said included the mushrooms. So police arrested Patterson on Thursday. She's now charged with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder. The authorities did not name Patterson directly, but the details and circumstances align closely with her case, and national media quickly reported her arrest. Mm-hmm. Wow. The the big thing yeah. is, is it is it murder or manslaughter if you just went gloaming and picked the wrong mushrooms? Mm. I don't know. When, when we get to the point of who the fa- the guests were, I I think we leave we lose gloaming and we go to like, all right, she was trying to take them down. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Let's let's so, let's get to that then. Yeah. Patterson has maintained that she did nothing wrong in the face of intense media scrutiny and public speculation. I am now devastated to think that these mushrooms may have contributed to the illness suffered by my loved ones, she said in August in a statement to police obtained by Australian broadcast. I really want to repeat that I had absolutely no reason to hurt these people that I loved. So the cook's relatives were the ones that were poisoned. Three people died in days after the July 29th lunch at Patterson's home. From early on, police said the stricken people showed symptoms consistent with consumption of death cap mushrooms, which are known to grow in Victoria. The victims were Don and Gail Patterson, both 70, who were Patterson's former in-laws. Jesus. And Heather Wilkinson, who was Gail Patterson's sister. Ian Wilkinson... Heather's husband, who was sickened but recovered, and a 48-year-old man who became ill after three meals dating back to 2021. So he ate there three times and got Jesus. ill. Like, but yeah, when, when you throw the mother... The yeah, and I don't <laughs> oh, know no, why it's... you're inviting your former in-laws over, but if not to poison them with death cap mushroom beef Just, Wellington. To, to make sure they are former in-laws. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Former in-laws in all the ways. Like, yeah. Yes. It, that gets sketchy to me. So, <laughs> and police did not identify the man as a fifth victim, but he's widely believed to be Simon Patterson, her estranged husband. Of course. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, yeah, no, so that's, how that's is Hercule Poirot going to solve this? What's I don't that? know. <laughs> oh, oh wow. boy! I, I tell you, this—I I just picture her slaving over a stove with these things, chopping them up, going, "Make fun of my." Fucking cooking, will ya? <laughs> and so, like, what gets me is the guy who's eaten there like three times and got sick three times. Now, was he one of the gentlemen who died? 
the, no, he he didn't die, but that was her estranged husband. So she's been trying to poison that guy for a while now. Jesus Christ. No, I know we broke up and things were on the rocks. And I know it makes me sick every time I come here and eat, but by God, this is some good beef Wellington. Yeah. <laughs> but it says he was invited to this meal, but canceled. <laughs> the final dose. Finally sunk in, I guess. You know, I think. <laughs> like, well, after all those times of my, my wife making me sick, maybe I'll skip this one. You know, I think he he uh, he would have survived because he by this point he's starting to build up a fucking immunity. Oh, the the irony is the first two times he got sick was because of um, she didn't wash her hands beforehand. Yep, he got pee pee juice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I've been reading about dysentery today, so this fits right in. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, Um, Jesus. Yeah, because we we cover mushrooms uh, quite a bit. Uh, We did an episode (laughs) about the cosmic death fungus conspiracy. Our most popular Um, episode. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that kind of, like, I first noticed on 4chan and everything like that. Um, But, like, mushrooms are in the news a lot because of like how mushrooms are adapting to climate change and everything like that. And they're kind of cool. Yeah. They're, they're rat as they're rat as shit, but also they're also very scary. I want to make yeah. a shirt. Like, you know, those, uh, uh, retro wave shirts where it's a triangle with the palm trees in it. Mm-hmm. I want that, but a mushroom that just says mushrooms are rad. Oh yeah. And like a oh, bitch in font. We, we should do a shirt with us as Smurfs on a giant mushroom. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be some fucked up Smurfs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, w- w- was there more to that story, or was the uh... um there? There's more, but it's just kind of talking about the type of mushrooms and everything. But what what I found was funny was that it says that um, Simon Patterson, which is the estranged husband, decide he he in her meals he had had to enter a medically induced coma for two weeks and have emergency surgery because of stomach and intestinal issues. So she's been trying a while to take this guy down. And all this time he thought she was just a bad cook. Yeah. (laughs) Just again, like if I get food poisoning at someone's house, I'm not eating there ever again. Yeah. So I, I I honestly don't get it. So here's the thing. It's funny. You say that you think that we had a manager at, Roses, who -hmm. shall go unnamed, because he may listen to this. And there was this uh, restaurant near the store called Hudgies. And it was, it had been there since the 60s. And had not Mm -hmm. been updated since the 60s. Yeah, I had eaten there before, like when I was in high school. Yeah. It was like a little weird cafeteria. Yeah, it's the kind of place that like serves peach cobbler yeah. for dessert and stuff like, like that. Like like how stinky mm-hmm. and yellowed my cigarettes was it? Very. <laughs> yeah, it was like it looked like you know that uh 1970s filter on Instagram? Yeah. It looked like that without the filter. I didn't I didn't think it looked like dingy like that. I remember oh, it being kind Mike, of white. This was way after high school. Oh, or it was after true. high school. Uh well this manager would go down there and eat for lunch every day. And my impression is he'd been doing this for years. I cannot tell you how many times we got a phone call saying, 
yeah, could you come pick up your manager? He passed out from food poisoning again. <laughs> and he would go back the next day. And the staff knows they're poisoning him. Yes. And he's not the only one collapsing from food poisoning, I bet. Oh, no. No. Like, they, and the but, fact that they had our number on file yeah, for and, it. And they <laughs> could immediately just look at him and go, food poisoning. Yep. Yep. Well, he turned green and collapsed into a pile of vomit. It may be food poisoning. Yeah, I just they they're just the the chef is correctly identifying the strain of bacteria that you know he's <laughs> ill from. Well, just, shouldn't have dipped my nuts in the in the vindaloo. I, I don't guess. Know, I tell you, Bob, I'm pretty sure that's not E. coli. That's Staphylococcus baracus. <laughs> was that, that Mister T? I, I I can only remember the first. I can only remember the Staphylococcus. I can't remember okay. the second part of that. So BA, I just made some shit he up. came down with B. A. baracus. I pity that small intestine. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I seriously, you'd be shocked how many times someone will come back to a place that's poisoning well, them. Like you said, he'd been doing it. For well, he invited so. his parents to the poisoning place. Sure. Yeah. Of He's course. like, you know, he'd like, who'd like this deadly food? My mom and dad. This, yes. Do you want to lose weight really fast in a really uncomfortable way? <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel really bad, but my parents really should be. It's going to be coming out of both ends. It's going to be like two rivers. <laughs> We're going to call you the Fertile Crescent. Oh, God. Oh, you know, call your mouth the Tigris and your butt the Euphrates. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So that's oh. a thing. Well, well anyway, like I was going to say, but your manager had been going there. I'm assuming he started going there when they were okay, and it just went downhill, and he refused stubbornly to <clears throat> switch patronage. You're making it sound like an abusive relationship. Kind of was. <laughs> like, if anything, wouldn't that just build up his tolerance? Um, no, because... Apparently it, not. I'm pretty sure... You know the uh, the swap happened pretty abruptly. Maybe they had a new cook. Maybe the refrigerator broke and they didn't fix it. Who was their cook? Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> I think I'd stop eating somewhere if the food could be described as lukewarm pork. Well, okay, Kevin, you, you and I are, I guess, a little more refined in that because remember we swore off us. Not Stucky's Huddle House. Oh, we swore yeah. off Huddle House after a ill-fated night. We wanted to go to Waffle House, but I believe they were full. Yep. And so oh. a group of four of us, young, you know, in our twenties or something, we go to Huddle House. I don't know what I got, but I did not get food poisoning. The three other people in the vehicle—it was oh. not like severe, like not you know throwing up and shitting everywhere bad but it was still they felt very nauseous and very bad afterwards yeah yeah it i i was ill that night so oh, it was man. it was pretty bad yeah. <laughs> oh man oh that was good that was yeah. horrible but good <laughs> yeah led to some real good discussion now here's the funny thing is i did just look up hudgies and they are of course permanently closed on a TripAdvisor, they have a rating of 2.0 out of 5, uh, with one review. Team too much. I don't know what that means. My friends always used to say how good this place's food was, so I wanted to try it. The atmosphere walking in wasn't really pleasant, and no one greeted us at all. I wanted a plate to go, so the lady just handed them to us and pointed around the corner, still not saying anything. To my surprise, the food looked great, especially the fish and salad, so that's what I got. 
When I took it to the counter, she waited, and it was like $12. I was so shocked. I defiant, I definitely, she says defiantly, but I think they mean definitely think they should do away with the scale because I think it's a little off. Oh, oh. So, so, so I would never trust cafeteria food bar fish. Oh, no. No, That, that just sounds like, you know, a recipe for a clogged toilet. I'd rather there take. Just some, yeah, there are just some foods you don't keep under a heating lamp. No, no, like ice cream. <laughs> exactly, Kevin. Like ice cream, <laughs> sushi. <laughs> oh wow! I I love that I look up Hudgies Jackson and pull up images, and there's a lot of obituaries pictures. Former <laughs> <laughs> so, customers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris LaChapelle. Yay, there are oh, once no. too many. All right. Let's, oh, let's, no. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you for that, Ed. That, that was enjoyable. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm glad you brought that one. So, Mike, it's your turn, buddy. Yes. So, I have a question for the group. If it bends, mm-hmm. it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. How ready are you, in fact, for the robot uprising? Not at all. Actually... Have we got a garden? Wait, our our garden hose doesn't work. We're not ready. Yeah, I'm screwed. Yep. All right. Well, Ed? too bad. Oh yeah, Ed. I'm going down. I, I'm, I'm. The robots are taking me over quick. I'm not going to even last. You're gonna. You're gonna be the cutest of Borg. I will. I will carry on y'all's legacy <laughs> as I dominate the <laughs> robot uprising. Okay, that's fair. But uh, because it's coming because. Industrial robot crushes man to death in South Korean distribution center. Oh, Jesus. This uh, comes Wednesday hey, of this week. Can Before you go on, can I just say this? Is, I'm really glad this isn't like a puppy or a cat yeah. this time. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Yeah, we have a lot of animal deaths on the show, yeah. too, apparently. <laughs> uh, machine apparently identified man inspecting it as one of the boxes it was stacking. Oh no! Oh God! Is that was he the particularly story round time? gentleman? Hmm? What was he a particularly round gentleman? Like I don't was he know. wider than a? I, there's no <laughs> luckily no pictures of him. He thought he was a refrigerator box, but <laughs> he, he was like a cartoon rat that ate a piece of cheese. <laughs> Changed his shape. Yeah, he well he worked with boxes so much he came to resemble them. You know I how became a, the box. You know how one spouse starts looking like the other one. <laughs> A robot crushed a man to death in South Korea after the machine apparently failed to differentiate him from the boxes of produce it was handling, the Yonhap News Agency reported on Wednesday. Jesus. The man, a robotics company worker in his 40s, Oh no! was inspecting the robot sensor operations at a distribution center for agricultural products in South Gyeongsang's Gyeongsang? Gyeong... Sang province. Get your hands off my eyes, meat bag. The industrial <laughs> robot, which was lifting boxes filled with bell peppers and placing them on a pallet. Oh, this just gets sadder. Appears oh. to have so these are more like trays, I would think. Uh, I don't I don't know. Appears to have malfunctioned and identified the man as a box. Well, he Yon could have been full of peppers. Well, he police. could have been a pepper too. Yeah. Oh fuck you, David. <laughs> I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. 
the robotic uh, arm pushed the man's. Do we want disc- a description there? Man, I've oh. already said fuck like a hundred okay. times. The robotic arm, the robotic arm pushed the man's upper body down against the conveyor belt, crushing his face and chest. Oh, hap. man, that is a fucking uh uh. Oh my god, it's like RoboCop or something. Mm-hmm. He was transferred to the hospital, but died later. The report said. I bet. Oh. In March, a South Korean man in his fifties suffered a series suffered serious injuries after getting trapped by a robot while working on an auto in, working at an automobile parts manufacturing plant. I can okay, okay. Theory. It's just people over thirty. <laughs> ah, it's a it's a eugenics robots. It's like that oh. story, the Velt. Well, I was gonna say, didn't we have that robot that like took that kid's finger, the the chess kid? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, nope, nope. They they've got it out for us. It's just getting a taste for blood. <laughs> Jesus. So there's not only apparently stealing our jobs isn't enough. The robots now have to murder us out of our jobs. <laughs> I, I'm a little bothered by the fact that I'm in the age bracket that these two people died. <laughs> yeah, the well, minute you guys get a robot at work, you're fucking... Say our, oh, yeah. <laughs> we got lucky, Kevin, because uh, one of the uh, one of the managers was going to put the, put an animatronics display up. Remember that? No! <laughs> what like was a, the... Was a, there was a uh, brand display that apparently was like some animatronic bartender. and Oh, uh, God. And one of our managers was really enamored by the idea and cleared out space for it. But I guess before it came, the eggnog did, and we needed the space for the eggnog. I'm not excited about this now. Dodged a bullet. Yeah. I'm the first one dead, dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. We work in a liquor store, Ed, so uh, we have a lot of... uh, I don't know. We we got job security because, you know, robots, I, I don't know. I, I got to thinking about this. Technically, you could just make all of a self-check in a liquor store. You have to scan your ID before you can check out. True. Mm-hmm. But, but I'd say, you know, cashing someone out is like 10% of our job. Yep. Maybe well, 15. it's like 90% of my job, so. Oh, you know, you help customers. I'd say that's a good chunk of it, too. I didn't see the air quotes around help, Mike. It's because I meant them. Oh. I mean you actually help customers. Oh, okay. Now, you, plus help. you can't trust scanning your ID or else teenagers will be mugging mugging older people for their IDs every day. That's true. Oh, just made it worse. Right, I scanned that shit. Let's go. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I noticed we've had a lot of, like, pain and suffering in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this has been a painful-ass uh, painful ass episode, yeah. Oh, man. God. So, uh, uh David. Mm-hmm. How oh, would well, you well, get... Mike, Mike, did you have uh, any more to that story? Or... Nope, that was it. Oh, okay, okay. Story done. So, okay. okay. Well, David... Uh, mm-hmm. Me and Mike have talked about being, uh, we could probably get murdered by a uh, animatronic bartender. How would you get killed by robots in your job? Um, so I'm teaching online right now, and uh-huh. it'll probably be a stress-induced heart attack because of the number of AI papers I'm getting from students. <laughs> Ooh, mm-hmm. see, I was thinking like this- you get swatted by an AI. 
Yeah, no, nah, I'm suicide uh, by cop. This has been a rough semester, boy. Let me tell oh, you, no, Kevin, Kevin. I know. You forget. He he lives in you know. They both live on the West Coast. It's Robo Taxi, Death by Robo Taxi. Oh yeah, y'all got probably getting my ass run over Ubers. by a fucking Tesla. Yep. Robo Uber's taking me down. Yep. <laughs> and I've probably made this joke before, but if you steal a Tesla, does that make it an Edison? <laughs> Still a good joke. Yep. So, Ed, how are you getting murdered by robots? Oh, at work. I'm, I'm a teacher with regular students, so I probably have a student pay pay a robot to take me down. Beep boop. <laughs> I am mafia bot. Yeah. They just hand you an iPad and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's by Samsung. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh that was fun. So, uh, before we move on to anything, do we want to do questions? Uh, do, we do have a question, don't we? I believe we do. Let me go to All questions. Right. I'm, I'm going to check my feeds to see if I have any uh, questions for us. So I think we have at least one. Okay, yes. All right. This is, of course, from God Themper Ghost Forge. Wow, let me try that again in English. God Themper Ghost Forge, not Ghost so, uh, <laughs> worship the devil. Okay, yeah, I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm worshiping the devil. Uh, <laughs> I don't know so, how to worship the devil, so I'm doing it wrong. So, goes for jazz. Out of all the bullshit internet memes that exist, and ignoring Slender Man because that's the boring expected answer. Which do each of you think is most likely to gain sapience as a mimetic being? And which would each of you want this to happen to? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that we can't mention anyone who lives in the Slender Mansion. Oh no, anything no. in the Slenderverse is right out. None of his proxies, no. none of that now, shit. Now is Siren Head um Slenderverse or not? I no, don't no, no, he's his own thing. Yeah, okay, so maybe maybe Siren Head. I think people could uh um, buy is... Siren Head being a thing. Sure. I could see yeah. that. Only if it's jump roping siren head. God damn it. <laughs> the, the other thing is like the easy answer is like an SCP. Oh yeah. How about the, you know what? If it's an SCP, I want it to be the, uh, the drawing of the cute girl that's alive. I, I want it to be the dial llama. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> oh, I may, I may have to change my answer from what I was going to say to dial llama. God, <laughs> if, if picture evidence is anything to go by in my, <clears throat> research uh-huh. it's gonna it's gonna be the the thing with the black fur and the skull face <clears throat> i can't remember mm. which one that oh is. yeah i i know which one you're talking about i just don't know the name oh yeah. oh god the one that appears in uh your cell phone pictures oh that thing fuck that yeah. thing except except for some reason <laughs> people decided to make it sexy nope nope <laughs> don't like that at all <laughs> oh fuckers are everywhere yep it's- all right, Ed, uh, any any monster memes that you're familiar with that you think? Because uh, w- one thing we talk oh. about is like, you know, people can will shit into existence. Yeah, it's <laughs> a tulpa or uh, I, a I, I, egregore. I misinterpreted everything about the question, and I was just thinking of the woman who yells at the cat becoming real in the world and like <laughs> com- coming and like taking things over and... I just had a weird visual in my head of her and that her screaming at the cat and it becomes everyone else. So I, Oh God, she's the new monster. There you go. I'll take that. No, that that's great. Um, yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually do have an answer that's not Dial-A-Llama, but uh, I kind of want it to be Dial-A-Llama now because that'd just be fun. Uh, the Rake. Oh, um, I'm trying to remember that one. Like, like what you like get the leaves up in your front yard. No, let, let me read. The <laughs> rake is a strange humanoid creature described as resembling either a naked man or a large hairless dog whose sightings <laughs> have been reported on four different continents, occasionally being referred to as a, quote, skinwalker, with the <laughs> earliest known account being a mariner's log in 1691. Named for its massive, incredibly sharp claws, the rake lacerates its victims in their sleep and, in some cases, whispers to them in a frightening voice. Those hmm. fortunate enough to survive an encounter with a rake usually end up traumatized by its appearance and behavior. The rake is often listed as one of the most famous creepypasta monsters. In 2018, hmm. a film based on the rake was released on Tubi TV and Amazon Prime. The movie was poorly received. <laughs> um, no, no, yeah. Now that now, yeah, I remember that. the The other thing I was thinking about is like with how big creepy pasta are. You you set up a creepy pasta uh -huh. to run with an AI chatbot that just starts harassing people over instant messenger and Discord and Twitter. God. Like you could you can make this thing real. You just gave me a terrible idea of basically programming an AI and accidentally mm -hmm. bringing back low tax from something awful <laughs> as an AI. I'm just saying this is kind of leading to dead internet part three. It kind of is. I'm now terrified <laughs> yeah. of meeting a chat bot that keeps trying to sell me mango steens. Well, you know, it just, again, with like how creepy pasta works and how like you can uh -huh. program shit to be intrusive like that. Just imagine someone creating this like sinister ass AI like language model that like can post to Twitter and like reply to people with cryptid creepy shit. Yeah, no, I, I, I hate I, this. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I which I that. think you know now that we've put it out there into the ether, we're we're this is bad. Yeah, we're terrible. We've made a terrible yeah. mistake. Oh no, show's over. Oh, oh no, <laughs> show's over. We're done. We're done. Oh no. Uh, oh no. Now Ghost Forge's answer is Shaggy, like <laughs> Scooby Doo. You know. Uh, Ultra Instinct Shaggy. So you want to know what? Yeah, my I, I love the Shaggy meme. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you yours was the 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 skull fur thing. Oh, what dude, is that was yours? just the when we're talking about SCPs. Oh, okay. Well, oh, what's yours, oh. Mister Fortnite? Mister Fortnite. Just something to do with Fortnite. That's that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> we that. should make up. We should create a viral page for a Mister Fortnite and see if we can get it to spread. Hey, that's an idea. I know what uh, our or Mister or maybe it's Mister Roblox. One of those. Oh, oh yes, yeah. No, it's so Mister Roblox the, what, who what, invades. What are Fortnite. all the kids about to talk about the Mister the Mister Fortnite and the Mister Roblox? <laughs> Is the that hell voice was that? I don't know, but it just came out of somewhere. And I'm just an old man talking My, about talking about with, tip with the kids. You're gonna be weird as hell as an old man, Mike. I, this is, guy, this is not me kid. as an old man. This is just a generic. You're just old an old man. man talking about. Okay, I got you. It's like if if Columbo also had a stroke, had, had two strokes, and a ninety percent blockage in his aortic artery. <laughs> I can't do the. I can't do it and laugh at the same time. Excuse oh, me, ma'am. I got just one more question. Um, what the fuck's wrong with me? 
So, um, uh, Mr. Roblox, let's make it a thing. <laughs> Mr. Roblox. Domo origato, I, Mr. Roblox. I know who our roommate Gage would say. Mr. Mm. Cheddar. Have you seen this? Just this fat Italian mouse that runs a restaurant. <laughs> I, I was going to say another you one. Could be a need anything. Toilet. What's that? Skibbity toilet. Skibbity uh, toilet. It's, yeah, it, it's a it's a YouTube thing the kids are into. It's like a dude whose head is in a toilet. Nope. I don't get it. No, nope. I don't get don't it. But it's a thing about it. among the children. I know who a lot of people want, and that's Pomni from this new digital, uh, the digital circus thing. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking perverts. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our question oh. for the week. Um, <laughs> oh Christ! Oh man. Well. How do you guys feel about uh, No Nut November? I don't participate. <laughs> there is a reason I'm asking this. I do not participate, look, Mike. Look, I, I already they don't want me to shave, and they wanted me to write a giant novel. <laughs> now I can't come. <laughs> Fuck! They're just like really imposing on me in November now. <laughs> right. Well, how about fuck know, off November, guys? How's that for a right. holiday, for a thing? <laughs> Well, well, for for no, no November, I, I figured I'd go with a nice. Uh, this is our X segment, by the I way. I hope to God it is, okay. Jesus. <laughs> you know, so we're we're going a little spicy. All right. So, um, ooh, are this, we about to talk a, about Baldur's Gate? No, no, it's not Baldur's Gate. Um, so so this is a post on uh Four Chan's X board. I'm gonna go ahead and read it, and there are there are a couple fun little replies here, but we're gonna we're gonna have a serious discussion about this entity. Oh boy! All right. I'm going to start reading the post now. Uh, the picture attached to it is a button that depicts an old doctor, and the text reads, this is not a good situation. So I kind of um, want that button. I, I will send you a picture of it. Um, okay, here's the post. What the fuck exactly is a succubus? I've been under attack by one for the past few months. <laughs> it even tried to possess me one night when I was wide awake. I felt something enter into my body and head, felt this prickly sensation all over. Then I heard an alien-sounding voice say, I love you, my name. We're going to live together in hell now. A few minutes later, it felt like my soul soul was being pulled out of my body. It felt like my body was spinning, felt like I was about to black out, constantly going into intense convulsions, and my upper body was involuntary, constantly trying to twist... Uh, to the left like it wanted to twist 180 degrees. I was also very uh, vividly heard a cackling witch and demons screaming they're going to kill me. I felt like part of my consciousness was in this other realm of complete blackness. After 10 minutes of trying to convince myself I'm just having a panic attack, I eventually went to the ER. In the ambulance, I went partially unconscious with my arms flinging around like crazy, and I saw demonic eyes behind my eyelids. After an hour at the hospital, it finally stopped. What the flying fuck? What the hell is this shit? <laughs> okay. Uh, my initial take <clears throat> is uh, there's a lot of complaining about a uh, men's rights activist getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, a, 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 a religiously repressed person's first come. That's, that's what it is. You know, it does sound like someone that's never come before actually having that happen. And then like, like when Peter farted for the first time in family got, what the hell was that? It's, it's, it's similar to that, but with, oh my God, nutting. Oh my God. Mike, have you, have you got a theory? Mike? Oh yeah. 
Um, so there's no like talk of anything surrounding it. So, you know, no, no, no. Uh, I I totally wasn't high at the time. Oh, so. oh, the, oh! It's one of those. <laughs> or uh, or from the 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 cum aspect, it could be like maybe his mom or somebody that he didn't want to want to see him seeing him spank the monkey walks in. He's like. I'm possessed. Oh, <laughs> it's like his overly religious mom walks in. He's beating oh, it, God. and and he has to think fast. It's like I'm possessed. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, Tales. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. What? What's wrong? I I'm I'm possessed. That's it. Yes, I'm possessed. It's just damn you know, succubus. Damn. What's Ta- a succubus? Tales of a repressed Baptist. Yeah. And he just has to has to performatively go to the hospital because he was caught whacking. Great. So this guy cost his mom like four grand because he was too embarrassed to say he was masturbating. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the note that he, he got something inserted into him. So are we sure it wasn't an incubus? Uh, yeah, it sounds like he was being pegged. Oh, God. <laughs> So, um, Ed, any theories as to what this is? You're, you're dealing with demonology in your comic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that guy might have read read a few things and was like, all right, here, let me think of the world's worst excuse for getting caught jerking off. So, <laughs> I, like, th- This like, doesn't sound like a succubus encounter based on from what I've read and what I've written. Yeah. I yeah I, I, that, this is like a mashup of every kind of like like demonic recountants like it has you know possession and seduction and just just weird like it's all over the place <clears throat> yeah i think it's mm-hmm. a gay yeah. incubus ginkubus a ginkubus <laughs> what's a ginkubus a gay incubus <laughs> uh, okay i mean that's fair um so there's only a couple little replies here. Like no one's taken the bait of this obvious shit post. Um, but there, there are a couple good replies. So I know uh, one the I first, hope you read the first one is that's what happens when you don't nut. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Happy well, November. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other reply is it's probably just psychic vampirism. I probably can't <laughs> actually drink anybody's blood. Still tasty though. So goodbye, you know, air dog and corduroy. What the? Yeah, I don't get it either. That's what you get with four chan. Yeah, I, um, you're missing my two favorite replies. Okay, what was it? Well, the first one is I come to succubus hentai seven times a day. <laughs> but my absolute favorite is just it's a prostitute. <laughs> like one just you know during the spring they just crawl in through the window oh yeah you know they, they it's can prost- smell yeah. they can smell dick and money <laughs> it's prostitute season oh man <laughs> got it sometimes so, you have to spray for them because you know they can get in through the cracks of your you know windows and doors do you have prostitutes call orkin <laughs> oh no all right, so so yeah, that was our ex. Uh, like the the initial post, I think is the best thing because oh. it's just like what the fuck, man. Yeah. So so something yeah. Kevin said reminded me of something I had read. The the, po- the supposition that uh, or the position, the positing. What do you how do you say it? anyway? The that theory there. that you know maybe that that succubus or incubus is not really 
gender determined, but a role determined. So like a bottom would be a <clears throat> succubus and a top would be an incubus, be it male or female. Ah. I mean, when we, when we cover, uh, sex demons we'll we'll have to like get into that theory this is gonna be a it's gonna be a fucked up episode i don't know that we're gonna that'll be issue two of my book we'll bring in the sex demons for that one (laughs) there we go go. you just funded your kickstarter with that one statement (laughs) yeah yeah it could be uh the immortal era after dark yes there you go the not safe for work version yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, feel free to use this anonymous person's encounter for your story, because what the fuck, man? Okay, I got one, Why la- not? I got one last theory about this. Uh-huh. Wet nightmare? <laughs> yeah, maybe a really confused, like, yeah, started yeah. to have a wet dream and then just went sideways and you he still nutted. <laughs> it, it's like the nocturnal emission version of the boat ride from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, no oh, way God. of knowing where we're going. I, okay, here's the thing. I picture Willy doing that and then just some one of the people going, oh, do it again. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so that just uh, makes me think of, like, uh, other bad you know, combinations with wet dream, like sweet para- sleep paralysis wet dream. Oh, God. <laughs> you drown. I'm coming and I can't isn't, move. Isn't, isn't that just a, a classic uh, succubus uh, encounter? Yeah. Or hag. Yeah, like, being like in, in, the, in, in the lore, you, yeah, you that typically uh, sleep paralysis is usually associated with like succubus and incubus encounters. Um, yeah, that's one of the prevailing but, theories, but the, and then the they nutting. make that same claim about nocturnal emissions. <clears throat> yeah. And, and the lore. Yeah, the lore. lore. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do sex demons eventually. That's going to be fun. Oh, you want to <laughs> do a sex demon, don't you, buddy? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. going to be a fun one. I'll do all the research on that one. Oh, he's going to do all the sex demons. <laughs> All right. Well, that was X. Yeah. <laughs> it really gave it to us. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that's about it <laughs> well, for this week. I guess that means X is an incubus. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I get right. that. Because he gave it to us. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. He, he topped us, Kevin. He yeah. inserted things into our bum bums. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I am uh, way too tired because that is hilarious. Oh, boy. Well, okay. Well, that is it for this week. Ed, thank you so much for coming on. Can you let everyone know where they can find your comic and where they can learn about your Kickstarter when it launches? They can find my comic on um, on finishlinecomics.com. I have a web store there that you can get all the issues of Immortal Era. And for the Kickstarter, if you follow any of my social media um, on Instagram and Facebook and there will be links to the campaign once it goes live. There's pre there's pre-launch links up right now on both of those. So if you follow any of my social media, you can find out exactly where to pick up your copy of Corruptor once it comes out. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again for being on here. We really enjoyed talking to you and uh we really enjoyed that story you brought. That was great. <laughs> All right, thank you for having me. It's a great time. Hey, not a problem, man. We'll see if we can get you back next time you have a Kickstarter. All right, sounds good. All right, so that being said, if you would like to learn anything else about the show, you can find all that's good to know at supernatpod.rocks. You can find our Patreon, our Discord, 
uh, our contact form. We are still taking advertisements, $2 a show. And uh, me and David will write and read the ads if you don't have them. Uh, you can definitely join us on the Discord. We'd be more than happy to have you there. And you can find the show's... Uh, what's that shit called? Social media. Uh, we're <laughs> I'm a professional. You can find us on... Uh, my God, my brain. Mastodon. Mm-hmm. At SupernatPod at weirdo.network mm-hmm. which given the fact that I'm forgetting how to talk is fitting <laughs> so we will see you guys next week for episode 100 our 100th yeah. episode big triple digits and the dump I can't say it's the dumbest thing I've ever talked about after uh, after uh, uh, Saturn Death Cult mm-hmm. it's pretty dumb it- though yeah, it's going to be pretty dumb. It's going to be pretty dumb. You're going to love it. Mm. So, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. So, until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't nut in your nightmares. Good night. <laughs> Good night. In the bum bum. In the bum bum. <laughs>